0: and they're going to infect them with herpes. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) A fish herpes. I shit you not. A fish (laughs) herpes. All right, and I thought, well, there goes the (laughs) neighbourhood.
1: Welcome to the Fish Nerds podcast, smart talk about fish, fishing, and eating fish that is always interesting, usually funny, and mostly true. I'm Lindsay Withers, prettiest first me at maintunafishing.com, and here are the nerds. (laughs) And I'm Clay. And anything is fair game. It's a good bet that after tonight's show you're gonna to wanna to start a fun drive and get a tote bag and do all the great things that people who donate to radio shows do.
2: <laughs> <laughs> because we are inspiring. That's what we are. Oh
1: yeah. Oh boy. <laughs> we've had a good run, Dave.
2: I know, I know. The uh we we've we've been able to uh make friends with some with some people that um uh, I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs>
1: yeah, you know what? We got friends in all the right places. Yeah, there you go. The lowest of the low. There, there you go. The that public, reminds me. The I, public radio people. <laughs>
2: the reason I'm distracted is I realize I have to get back to that email from the guy that invited us to the opera.
1: Ooh, we're going to go to the opera? <laughs> that's that's what he said.
2: So I don't know if it's going to pan out. So I, I do want to mention it. We mm-hmm. get an email from a guy that met us in Boston, and he says he's he's got a great tenor that is also a fish nerd. And uh, he invited us to come down and interview him. That's amazing.
1: I, I know. What do you think a opera singer fish guy sings about? <laughs> My <laughs> bobber. Oh, salmon, no, no. <laughs> Sardines are great.
2: I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I I always thought uh, Guns N' Roses should do a song called
1: Big Minnow, Big Minnow. <laughs> ah!
2: I love it. Yeah, Big Minnow. I always Big thought that was good. That's been really good. Yeah. Um so anyway, so sorry, I was distracted. But no, WGBH invited us down to a show and this show we're going to run that piece in
1: it. Cool.
2: And um and also we were on New Hampshire Public Radio.
1: Right. We got in the same day, got to go do both of those shows. The cool thing was about the WGBH Boston Public Radio, they were in New Hampshire covering the primaries. And they invited us down to the center of New Hampshire, which is just a big hotel. But they just said, we're in the hotel lobby doing a show. Why don't you come on down? And we had no idea what that meant. <laughs> I
2: know. <laughs> and,
1: you know. We had a hard time finding parking, which was not, didn't, didn't, was not a red flag. But we walk into the building and it's like the media headquarters of the world.
2: <laughs> it was incredible. Bloomberg had a studio set up. C- CNN had a studio set up. M-
1: MSNBC had the bar. Yeah. They took and they over. bought us lunch. <laughs> they
2: did. It was awesome. Yep. yep. Uh, and, half uh, the
1: building was Comedy Central Daily Show.
2: Yeah, I know. Yeah. I, it would have been, I mean, we were exhausted by the time we actually got our show done. And, and you know, I, I didn't have a lot left in me, but um, it would have been great to stick around to see the, the Comedy
1: Central. It would have been really fun. Uh, and it, gosh, I mean, just to be part of all that. And you talk about fish out of water, Dave. Right. <laughs> this is a big political event. You and I have no business there. We are the worst <laughs> political people on earth. We don't know anything useful.
2: Yeah, that's true. Although I did feel some... Com- like, nobody questioned us because I think we looked like every other audio nerd mm-hmm. in the world. Yeah. You know, there, there was just tons of people walking around with gear and you know kind of schleppy and then you know fill in with stuff mm-hmm. and so we totally blended in that way right but yeah it
1: was fine uh but man it was it cool talking to people and they're like you know talk about their blogs and their vlogging and all this kind of stuff the things that kind of stuff we do and then they say oh why are you here and we we're going we're going to be on WGBH and they're like oh and they're jealous. Like, how did you get that gig? You know? uh, which, by the way, we don't have an answer for. We do not know why they like us or why they have us on, but they repeatedly have us on.
2: Yeah, it's awesome. So, so let, let's, let's go right into that show.
3: Welcome back to Boston Public Radio. If you haven't figured out, it's the Van Fish. It's time for our Friday news quiz. We were offered Hillary Clinton and Bernie Sanders. We said, forget about it. Here with us in the Radisson lobby for their annual appearance are New Hampshire's own Clay Groves and Dave Kellum. You know them. I hope you do. As the host of the Fish Nerds podcast, next week, the New Hampshire primary marks its 100th birthday. And next Monday, more importantly, the Fish Nerds will release their 100th show. Guys, it is great to see you, Dave and Clay. Hooray! Thank you. Yeah, Yeah, we're very, we're
4: very thrilled to be that you guys uh, took the time to come up here and
3: visit us. No, one of us is really thrilled. No, we really (laughs) are. I'm serious. We really, really are. So
4: before we find out exactly what the fish nerds are and what you guys do, Mm -hmm. we should point out that we did go fishing uh, with you. Ice fishing. uh, Ice fishing was it last year or the year before? The year before. Almost two years. Okay, it was almost two years. Seems like it. And you know, we we bundled up, and it was, it was cold, and the ice was frozen. Where were we? What what, lake were we on? What was that? It was Big Country Pond. No, Big Island Pond. Big Island, big big island. Pond. Yeah. And uh, you had the little the little fish fishing hut out there in the, the middle of the, yep. uh, middle of the Bob pond. Bob House, we
3: call it. Bob <laughs> House.
4: And I walked out there with you guys. Uh-huh. Um but don't, Jim, don't of of Jim, of course, <laughs> a little unsteady on his feet. He had to, what was he on? A
3: toboggan or a sled? How did you get me out, out to the bucket? Bob House? Let's get by this. How did you get me out there, please? We
1: put you in a jet sled and pulled you behind a snowmobile. Well, what's wrong with that?
3: <laughs> I, nothing. That's I would. So what is the problem?
1: Uh, it's it's you know, Marjorie has something to prove and she wanted to show that you know she was tough enough to handle the New Hampshire That's right. weather and That's you right. worked.
3: Can I tell you about, first of all I'm insulted by what Marjorie said. Clay, thank you for support. And who caught the bigger fish? Me or Marjorie? You did. You thank did, you very yes. much. How big was that band? It was like huge.
1: Three and a half inches at least. Yellow it, perch, yeah. It was <laughs>
3: yeah. it was a monster, yeah. It was
1: terrible. You only know,
3: by the way, it was one of the worst days of my life. But uh, it was. But it I was cold. cold. It I was very that cold. Day. You know what was huge fun? I mean, I've seen all these movies about Bob. We were having beer in the Bob house. We're eating. You're frying the fish. In, it was actually hugely great. What did we eat that day? Do you remember? It
2: was it was white, uh, black crappie, actually. It was black crappie, Yeah, yes. black crappie. Really good. We had, like you said, we had the stove out there. And you got the full... Nine yards experience of New Hampshire fishing out, out on the ship. It's about eight
3: yards too much, actually, give or take a <laughs> well, couple you know, of...
4: you know what was kind of neat? I, I'm not a big fish eater myself, mm-hmm. but when you cook it from the lake about 30 seconds yeah, after true. you get out of the lake, it does taste really good. It yeah. really good and different. So even I... Did I you bring got, us
1: some? I did. I, so I was fishing on Tuesday before the warm rains came on winter Passacky, yeah. and I caught white perch, which are temperate bass, close relative to a striper. Sure. So um, they're just a big old fat white, yeah. white fish.
3: This is radio, but thank you yeah. for showing me. I'm the showing you a picture, but you can
1: see pictures at fishners.com. Oh. and so I cooked you. Did you bring a fork. Of course,
3: oh, my thank goodness. you. Look Dave's at that. got a fork. Thank you very much. Why don't you talk to them while I taste? What is yeah, this thing I'm right eating in. again? It's a white perch. White perch. It's a
1: temperate bass, close cousin to striper.
3: What day were you out on Winnipesaukee? Oh. It was Tuesday. I was out Wednesday. I can't believe I missed something. Oh. Yeah, right. Nice, <laughs> it's <laughs> it's nicely, rain. nicely yeah.
1: breaded. It is. That's a panko breading. Oh my yeah. God. Yeah. panko breading very is very good. good.
4: Mm. Yeah. Oh. And you kind of, you kind of, uh, uh, thank you very much. Yeah,
1: fresh forks. You don't get germs. <laughs>
4: oh my goodness,
3: thank you very much. Hey, what you
2: saying? Well, Winnipesaukee is world famous for their white perch, and it's a unique system that has smelt, lots of smelt, and they eat the smelt and they grow bigger than anywhere else in
3: the country. Okay, for the three people listening who do not know (laughs) what the fish nerd whole experience is... Dave, you can start. How would you guys get started? This, What do you do? I mean, what is this whole
2: yeah, thing? Yeah, so we have day jobs, but we also have this passion with fish. And we, we met, I think, gosh, it was more like 15 years ago. Uh, we were working at a place that was all about fish education, and we realized we're both fish nerds. So one of the first things we did, we said, let's try to do something against mm-hmm. in our record books. Mm-hmm. Let's try to eat every kind of species of freshwater fish in New Hampshire.
1: Right, because Dave likes killing things. <laughs> Yeah. You know, just to be clear, like That's we true. had some protesters last time. It's Dave is the murderer, not me. So
3: yeah. have you eaten every, we ask this every year. If you, yeah. How close are we to eating? We're done. You eaten every, you've eaten every species. In yes. the very
1: last one, Dave caught the state record channel catfish. Yes, my, my name is name not is true. In is the record really book. How big
3: was that? Three and a half inches? No, it was about three,
1: three and a half feet. Feet.
3: Yeah. yeah. Where did you Where did you get it? In Hills, Hinsdale. Hillsdale, Hinsdale,
1: New Hampshire, Thanks. on the Connecticut River.
3: I'll do this speaking for you, Dave. Wait a second. Are you, you're, you're the New Hampshire fish nerds. Yes. Yeah. You didn't even know where you caught the fish. Yeah, I Yeah, no. Close enough. Okay. <laughs> well, no. people in New Hampshire don't really
1: know where Hinsdale is either. sorry. <laughs> Here's
4: That's how this a is going go. to hold on one second. Is that a freshwater fish?
1: Yeah.
3: Yes. That's okay, a pretty
4: big fish. Here's what's going to happen. Here's what's gonna happen, yeah. the, fish. Feet, what's gonna happen. the fish. We're gonna ask them the
3: basic <laughs> questions, go through that part of the quiz. Before we go to the bonus round, apparently you have a fish related political quiz for us. Yeah, yeah, we always
2: try to prepare for your
3: show because I love that. we
2: you know we like to get your world mixed with our world. Beautiful. So we, we came up with three politically oh, themed. That's
3: uh little okay, quiz. Okay. We'll story. ask you questions first, then you'll ask us. Yeah, I'm absolutely. gonna ask Dave the first question. Oh, you start. You ask Dave or, or Clay, whoever you want. Okay. Who do you ask? I'll
4: ask Dave the first question. Ready, Jay? I am. Here's Jimmy Fallon with an update on Jeb Bush's campaign.
2: Of course, uh, Jeb's had a uh, tough couple months campaigning. Despite a poor showing in Iowa, he was back at it yesterday in New Hampshire. And if nothing else, he still knows how to work a crowd.
3: I think the next president needs to be a lot quieter, but send a signal that we're prepared to act in the national security interests of this country to get back in the business of creating a more peaceful world. Please,
4: so, do you know what Jeb Bush was asking people to please do? He was working the crowd, and he said, "Just, just please clap." He
3: did. <laughs> just please. Can he I tell you, did. He was treated unfairly. Oh gosh. Had, they didn't clap. He had a smile on his face when he said, "Please clap," and then they did clap. It was a rather sad moment. Okay, it's one to nothing, Clay. Here's the deal. Oh gosh. President Obama did something he has never. Done before this week. Listen, please. President Obama
1: is planning to visit a for his first time as president. Yeah. When asked why, Obama said, I wanted to go to the one place in America. Where I won't see Donald
3: Trump. I just <laughs> 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 so it's actually pretty good. What did uh, Clay? What did Obama visit this week? Uh, it's
1: one of two things: either he went to a nice shanty and went fishing, yes. or he went to a mosque.
3: That's exactly correct. <laughs> it is tied one to one. We're our buzzers a little delayed today. It's one to one at the end of one round. By the what? way, both both cases, Donald Trump, no chance. <laughs> uh,
4: uh, by the way, since you guys are New Hampshireites, has it been intense this pummeling with ads and phone calls and surveys and all that for you?
2: Yeah, absolutely. We just stopped answering the the home phone. Yeah, that's you what people do. You have a home do. phone? Yeah, we do it's still. 2016. I know it's ridiculous. Do people call
4: on your cell phone?
1: My wife gets phone calls on her cell phone. Yeah, but that, I don't know of course, I don't know who she's talking to.
4: Okay. And the and the ads <laughs> have been pretty much nonstop.
1: Nonstop. But you know, the yeah. cool is this this year it didn't count, but every other election cycle I've met everyone I've ever voted for. Is that really, really? true? Yeah. That it, is
3: so New Hampshire. Is that really true?
1: Yeah. This year I didn't meet anybody. My wife met um, I think Bernie Sanders and uh, John Kasich, but uh, I haven't met anybody. Well, is that
4: because you were just hanging out in different places, or what's
1: the? I live in North Conway, and they all. Co- north, the only place worth going to up north is North Conway, so yeah. they all go there. So okay. we're
3: talking to the fish nerd. Yeah. What's your website, Fish Nerds? Fishnerds.com. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> oh, that's obvious. So who is the fish community behind in this uh, in this primary season? Is there one candidate or no?
2: No, it's a diverse. It's a diverse group for sure. The fish and community. Yes, absolutely. absolutely.
3: Sometimes. Okay, now here is question three. <laughs> okay, Dave. For here we Dave. Go.
4: Bernie Sanders' campaign has a new priority when it comes to potential voters.
3: Bernie
1: Sanders says his campaign is trying to appeal now to... The problem is every time Bernie says, feel the burn, the seniors think he's talking about acid reflux. <laughs>
4: <laughs> okay. Who is Sanders trying to appeal to? Uh, that would be
2: the older audience, the seniors. Yeah, we that, sort of gave is that away. Correct. Yeah,
4: yeah. I yeah. Give him only
3: three quarters of a point. for that. It's not really no, Dave's fault. That's yeah, on fault. Okay, give him the whole point. Thank now, you. Clay, you can tie this baby up if All you right. get this it's one on. right. Okay, ready? <laughs> Vowing to bomb the heck out of ISIS has earned Donald Trump a high honor. Here it
5: is. Donald Trump has been nominated for a. The letter that nominated him cited, quote, his vigorous through strength ideology used as a threat weapon of deterrence against radical Islam, ISIS, nuclear Iran, and communist China.
3: This is apparently true. What is Trump a nominee for? Do you know? I heard this, and it... I hadn't. My, my head
1: nearly just fell off. Beautiful. <laughs> yeah, it was crazy. Uh, peace Prize.
3: Yeah, Nobel Peace Prize. Yeah. By the way, how great they would it be to see his head pop off. For that, no, I'm serious. Would that not uh, help the ratings of the Fish Nerds I, podcast I, it, it, hugely? You know, I you can't hurt the ratings. <laughs>
4: <watch this> <laughs> are we are we supposed to be upset by this? The Nobel what? Peace Prize? No,
3: apparently, if someone writes a letter, I guess you can be yeah, in right. there.
1: I know. I nominated Dave for King of the Robots. <laughs> yes, <laughs> so, it doesn't mean anything, but he's totally got not my vote, nomination. Vote
3: today so for people who haven't heard your podcast before you ask your questions of us and then we'll do the bonus round to see who the winner is amongst the fish nerds what exactly what do you talk about exactly on this thing well fish i know but i mean
2: (laughs) how (laughs) the theme is always about fish and we run into lots of interesting people Case in point, we ran into you folks and went mm-hmm. fishing with you. Uh, but we run into all sorts of folks, and so the the podcast kind of melds fishing information. So if you're an angler, you get all the latest tips and tricks and all that stuff. But then you learn about the people that we know and we fish with. And the big thing is we have a fish nerd network, and it's an international network, mm. and it's this new digital world. So we got a guy in Australia, we got a, a woman scientist in Kansas, we have a couple guys in California and they all chime in on social media and they're all part of the show so it's it's a it's a really amazing low budget Community around fishing. You know,
3: I just realized, Clay, Now uh, think about it. Excuse me for interrupting you, Dave, But not only did I catch a bigger fish, I also Marjorie was unable to. What do you call it? Drill the hole. What is that thing called? Where you drill the hole?
1: Drilling the hole. Drilling the yeah. hole. But, so,
3: but Marjorie you, you, you could use the it. auger, right? The auger. Yeah. yeah. The auger. But didn't I do? Uh, didn't
1: I, I did it? Did I, I know. You, remarkably strong for a flatlander. I was.
4: <laughs> yeah. Well you got a pound advantage, Okay, fine. Thank you. Now,
5: before we
3: get to the bonus round, by the way, it's tied 2-2 between the two fish nerds, which is really exciting. We'll get to the bonus round in a minute. You have questions for us. We do. How do you plan to do this?
2: Oh, right. So so the theme is, uh, we're melding the two, so it's the fish and politician, all right? Fish and
3: politician, okay.
2: So these questions are sort of crossword puzzle-ish, all right? Oh, okay. All fish and politicians keep their eyes on what? Exactly. So you're going to think about something that's both in the realm of politics and fishing.
3: Say that question again,
2: Fishing poli- Fish and politicians keep their eyes on no. their what? I thought,
4: I thought it was allure, but On I the know. bait.
3: No, on their poles. Oh. <laughs> oh. Oh. Yeah. By the way, don't give us the answer like in 10 seconds. Oh, okay, let's is. play this out a little bit. <laughs> okay, that okay. was pathetic. i have got time to fill. That's, are they all this bad or are they yeah. are they, oh, they get worse. They get worse. Yeah. Okay. okay. What's the second question? Fish, uh,
2: fish and well, we'll give you the last Clay one, doesn't right? get the answer. He gets the last one. He doesn't okay. trust it's, me. It's Go good. ahead. He no. doesn't trust me. Fish and politicians', fish and politicians. Uh, campaign slogans are their what? So Polls. They're
4: bait. <laughs> yeah. Switch. Their lure. <laughs> They're I already hooks. Said that. They're the hooks. Hook. They're hook. Oh, the hook. Oh, That's a media joke. Right? We're no doing weird. terribly. Well, well, it's here. funny. there's only
1: three possible answers, and, yeah.
2: and,
3: so. We got the two that it wasn't. Yes, <laughs> right. That's yeah. so. fine. All right, Clay, finish okay, it. Good, Clay. All
1: right. So fishing politicians mm-hmm. never forget.
3: What? Wait a second. Fishing politicians never forget. Don't answer this because I want to get one right. Do yeah. you know what it is, Marjorie? Do you know no. what it is? No. no. Say it again. Fishing Fish politicians
1: never forget. They're lying.
3: Oh, that's. how... You should get a half point for that. That's pretty quarter, yeah, good. Quarter, yeah, quarter point. Okay. Yeah, Fishing politicians never forget their base. Their wait. Oh. No, give me a hint. Give me a little hint.
1: Debate. Uh, oh, you're close. Debate. Oh. <laughs>
3: Yeah. Okay. So you, it, oh, yeah. With all okay. due respect, next time we'll ask the question. <laughs> it's, it's, it's okay, no, really, I thought yeah. those were very clever, <laughs> actually. <laughs> no, actually yeah. very these,
1: these came from our our online network. Our Fish Nerds fans wrote these and said, They're America. fabulous. Oh, they yeah, were they very really good. But got them all wrong, wrong Jim, Jim, Not the smartest. Fans, <laughs> but, you,
3: <know. laughs> you guys, in all seriousness, I mean, you mentioned your wife got a ton of calls and all, all that. Mm-hmm. Do you guys, we're not going to put well, maybe we'll put you, you can. in Do you get involved in politics, or, or are you apolitical types, or what are you? Dave, starting with you.
2: Yep, so I, um, I am I'm much more on the left, and I have been involved in political stuff. So who's before. your
3: guy or woman? I'm going with Hillary. And, mm. well, that's uh, interesting. You're far on the left, and you're going with And why oh, yeah. is she over <laughs>
2: Bernie Sanders? Because I've gotten old enough that I want something stable. <laughs> and I feel that she is going to be more stable. You know, in college, sitting around, you know, shooting the theoretical Whatever. stuff. Yes. Um, yeah, Bernie Sanders would have been right on. But I just feel like we need a little stability in this crazy by the way, we
3: just got an email. You lost three-quarters of the subscribers to your podcast just now. Okay, uh, uh, thank you very much. How about you? i are in a dance, I can tell. I'm the worst
1: politics guy ever. Really? My mother-in-law is a big K6 supporter, put a sign on my lawn, and I didn't know what to do with it. Like, I don't know. Like. I don't know Don't tell like. us.
3: Please don't tell us you're not voting.
1: I'm going to vote. So you're going to... Well,
3: you, you don't know He's going no. to make up his
4: mind like all these New Hampshire
1: voters as he walks into the poll. I, I honestly probably... My wife wants me to vote for Bernie Sanders. I'd probably do what she wants. But Dave is the founding board, founding member of the Leftist Marching Band.
3: Is that really true? It is What true. do you play? I'm a drummer. Wow. Yes. That's very exciting. So. Tim, you know what's I interesting? The,
4: what? the couples we met up here that... The wife is with Hillary and the husband is with Bernie, so they yeah. have these divided households. It's kind of neat. So we, we're
3: a divided household, yeah, with nerds. <laughs> yeah. Okay, fine. Here's the bonus round. Now here's it's two, the bonus to two. Round. and what that means is that whoever wins the bonus round will actually be the winning nerd, a winning fish nerd oh, no, of this no, particular no. week. So here's it's the are going to
4: switch it up. I start with Clay
3: this week. Yeah, we haven't gotten there yet. I have to tell you the theme. Okay. In honor of our guests, <laughs> the hosts of the Fish Nerds pod, they actually are the Fish Nerds Podcast. The theme it's of this honor. week's bonus round is the famous Jam Band fish okay oh, you know what by the way i hope i'm not going to give away an answer but you and howard dean before we went on the air were actually talking about fish were you not do you remember yeah, that they
4: had a connection to uh, burlington Vermont. he not he
3: says they started actually in burlington and the, the drummer i think you're the drummer yeah, yeah the drummer yeah. of fish actually still lives there according to howard dean and i would just think he knows what he's talking sure, about but i think okay sure. first question marjorie to clay okay, it is tied go, clay. two to two they're
4: multiple choice questions okay. no one ever gets them right the band Fish met in college at the University of Vermont. What was the unusual subject of guitarist Trey Anastasio's college musical thesis, The Man Who Stepped Into Yesterday? A. The fictional land Gamehenge, populated by lizards and an evil overlord named Wilson... Huh. B a fictional animal called a Snor snorfax. Lax. Snorlax, excuse me. You're which is an anti eater chinchilla hybrid. Anti
3: eater, not anti eater. Okay. No, no. I'm sorry. Let's start all over again. I, have to take
4: off. I can't I can't read with my glasses on
3: How one. are you guys?
4: C a fictional board game called Weekapog, which involves costumes and charades. Okay. The lizard, the chinchilla hybrid, or the uh, wikipog?
1: Ah, oh, that's a very good question. It is a good question. Uh, it's
4: common knowledge, this answer. It's
1: definitely the uh,
4: wikipog. You are correct. Yeah. <laughs> wow, that was very good. That was very
3: good. Well, I'm not sure that's the right answer. But in any case, <laughs> no, I'm really not based on what we have here. Okay, now.
1: Uh, uh, I'm not sure it's either. I who answered that, that question? Clay?
3: Okay, yeah, Dave, Clay you're down one. And here's a chance. Let's see, we're
4: going to stick with it, Jim. This is
3: unbelievable. Drummer John Fishman? Is that a joke, or is that a real thing? Drummer, It's real? Drummer John Fishman, thank you, Jason, is now is known for playing an unusual instrument. What is it? you paying attention? I am. Okay, here are the choices. An electric kazoo. <laughs> B, a, a was that you? <laughs> a vacuum cleaner. And a didgeridoo. A didgeridoo. Is it A, B, or C? Vacuum cleaner is, oh, let me do them in order. An electric kazoo. A vacuum cleaner or whatever that thing didgeridoo. is. Didgeridoo. Uh,
2: yeah, didgeridoo is Australian, not really all that unusual. Oh, excuse I, me. Okay. I would have to go with the vacuum cleaner. That is exactly correct.
3: <laughs> so, you know what this wow. means, you guys? This means whoever gets this one right. Okay. is the winner Pressure's of this week's quiz. Is there a
1: bell to ring in? No, you know. can ring. You, you. Go ahead. Go
3: take ahead. I, I give you take your time. Yeah. Who's this go-to? I've taken Collect. my glasses
4: off so I can read now. During the 19, their 1994 <laughs> New Year's Eve show at Madison Square Garden, fish floated toward the stage in a giant what? A, hot dog. B, UFO. Or C, a rainbow fish. Gosh. Uh, can you say this again? A, hot dog. Hot dog. B, UFO. C, rainbow fish. Uh, I had to be the, I uh, had uh,
1: uh, rainbow fish. Had
3: no hot dog. No hot dog. Hot dog.
4: <laughs> yeah. hot dog. Like so we got you it
3: right. You are the you winner. Oh, this was is great. On everybody in the, no, the broadcasting right. from is standing. So in a I want to take.
2: I want to take a page from Sanders and even Trump. I challenge Listen. that. I, oh, challenge I love that. You that, challenge that, that result.
3: Uh, that is fast. Now, the winner is Clay. Now, again, tell us one more time before we dismiss the two of you. Mm. What exactly? How do we find you? Fish
1: nerds. So the Fish Nerds podcast can be found at fishnerds.com. Yes. Or we're on, we're on Facebook at Fish nerds and Twitter at Fish nerds and everywhere else has Fish Nerds. So we're
3: easy to find. Yeah. It's great to see you guys. So David Clay, it is wonderful to see you and congratulations on your victory. We hope we see you again soon. We'll see you next yeah, thank year, Thank you worst.
4: very much. What kind of fish is that again that that's we're
3: eating? A, a, that's a white perch.
4: White perch. Yeah. It is delicious. Yeah, There's a little fish, right? Little pretty fish? There's a
3: big one. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, great great to see, see you guys. Don't guys. Fool thank you. So, you know what we should do, Marjorie, for what the last we, do, Jim? we should sum up sort of what. And come to New Hampshire. Come see us on Monday. Yeah. Come see the candidates, the surrogates, the media people, elected yeah. officials. This is where all the action is, and we're here live through Tuesday night till everything is done. Do
4: you want to thank Mark McKinnon, uh, 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 Matt and... The Governor Howard Dean that was here before, Clay Groves and Dave Kellen who just left, they're known as the hosts of the Fish Nerds. And as we said before, they're releasing their 100th show on Monday. Thank you all for Andy listening. Andy
3: Smith was here too from UNA. That's right, Got Andy Smith was here,
4: who else, Who did I forget? Anybody Ray else? Buckley, the Chair oh, of the Democratic, Democratic, Democratic party. party. We spoke to the Chair of the Republican That's Party right. yesterday. So thank you all for listening to another edition of Boston Public Radio. On Monday, live from New Hampshire, we're going to talk to Ben of Ben and Jerry's and Bill Crystal. Our show's production of WGBH, our crew, Chelsea Murris, Amanda McGowan, Tory Bedford, Jason and Tireski, our engineer, John the Claw, Parker, and Doug Shueguards. Thank you to all our crew. Tune in for Emily Rooney tonight at 7 o'clock WGBH. Beat the press. I'm Marjorie Egan. We
3: hope you see you in New Hampshire. We hope you listen to us Monday at 11.
4: Thanks a lot. Have a great weekend.
3: So that is a fun, fun thing to do.
1: Love it. And we are funny. <laughs>
4: I'm just saying. You're
1: on fire.
2: <laughs> well, we actually did really well on the, the quiz. Um, we did. I knew stuff, Dave. You did, although you cheated at the end.
1: I I did, and I actually I didn't know any of the uh, any of the fish answers. I didn't know any of them. I any, I just guessed.
2: Yeah, well, you so. guess with confidence, which is always yeah. a good thing. Yeah. So, but good uh, times. but anyway, no, it was it was great, and uh, they're they're such nice people.
1: Yeah. So a big thank you to Jim and Marjorie and WGBH for having us on again. Uh, we'll come on anytime.
2: fish in the news
1: I love fish in the news good day
2: good <laughs> day cuz cause, cuz cause, cause, I'm saying the fish in the news is going to be delivered with a twist with a with a south of the equator water going the other way and a toilet twist
1: Right, so counterclockwise twistiness. <laughs> We've got Luke, Luke
2: Chamos, Chamings from Chamos Lures.
1: Yeah, and you can find Chamos Lures on Facebook. Just do a search for Chamos Lures, and he makes great-looking handmade lures. Uh, but not only that, he's a great guy, and uh, and we like him a lot. You know what he did, Dave? What? So my my wife sent my well, my daughter is in first grade kindergarten, uh-huh. and she did this Stanley project. And she mailed Luke a Flat Stanley. hmm And then Luke, this Australia guy who's kind of like gruff and beer-drinking, you know, guy, he takes Flat Stanley, this little paper cutout, all over the place, you know, fishing with him and doing his aquaculture work and all that stuff. And then – hanging out with models and in hot tubs and keeps emailing my daughter these pictures of Flat Stanley with models like with big giant boobs and in the hot tub and all that stuff. So I don't know how appropriate it all is, but uh she's loving it.
2: Uh so. yeah, I I I particularly enjoy the comments on those ones with the uh in the hot tub of like, I guess Flat Stanley's not as flat as he used to be anymore.
1: Waka walka
0: <laughs> Yeah. All good. (laughs) All good. So,
2: uh, yeah, we caught up with Luke.
0: But today is just a a lovely 30 degrees, and it has been for quite a while. We've got a weird sort of weather pattern happening at the moment. No rain, but no real heat, like not into the 40s where it normally does.
1: I'm doing a little bit of of Australian math here. Okay. By my calculations, 30 degrees Celsius is equivalent to 118 Fahrenheit, according to my math
0: hundred No.
1: Or I'm or like 80, 85 or 86 degrees.
0: Yeah. Have you got your abacus with you there or you're slotting a few beads? A little bean counter.
1: That's right.
2: <laughs> the problem with Clay in the winter, his math gets bad because he can't count his
0: toes.
1: I know. he got fuzzy socks on. <laughs>
0: That's it. Anything past 11 and he's struggling. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. <laughs> Not that you've got 11 toes, Clay. Just... <laughs> on, my,
1: on my left foot, I do have an extra.
0: Yeah. Uh, well, I'm. I'm surprisingly not surprised.
1: <laughs> some someday I'll show you.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh, fantastic! Look forward to that. Yes. All right. let's, let's get on with the show.
2: Um, so, Luke, I hear you have some some
0: news. I do. Oh, what do do you you want to hear first? Seven meter sharks. That's uh, you want to do the conversion there, Clay. That'll be four hundred foot or something. I've got a seven meter shark in the local uh, waters at the moment, and uh, there's been a bit of hysteria about him. Scaremongering, I call it. (laughs) News station that shall remain anonymous. Scaremongering. just isn't needed when they're seven meters. I don't think they pop up next to the boat. Everyone shits themselves. Scaremongering done. I mean, you don't need to put it on the. You don't need to put it on the news and ham it up that he's out there, growing legs and going to come on the beach and attack someone or something. It's just ridiculous.
1: Uh, how many people has he eaten so far?
0: Well, at seven meters, I don't know what the food conversion rate is for yeah. humans <laughs> to meters. But let's think say it's
1: every meter is two people.
0: Yeah, so you know, three hundred and thirty-three people. Yeah. <laughs> but oh look, who's to say he's done anything? But I mean, he's massive. It's you gotta see it to believe it. It's just it pops up next to five meter, twenty odd foot boats and and et cetera, et cetera. He just dwarfs them. What he's wider of- than they are, he's longer than they are. And uh Probably hungrier than they are, I suppose. Great are white it? shark. Yes, it is. Yeah, and a great white. I mean, he probably swims from here to Africa and back. I mean, they they cruise around a fair bit. These big ones. So um yeah, but seven meters. Oh, I'd like to see him in the it to be you know, be something you'd never forget. I reckon. I mean, mm-hmm. I think he came up to a shark cage. There is a photo of an enormous shark coming up to a shark cage, and this more on sticks his arm out of the cage. Yes, you heard me. He sticks <laughs> his arm out of the cage and pats it on the nose. I'm just like, mate, one little, and it's gone. I mean, it, yeah, it's yeah,
1: but at the same time, he can say he did that.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. They yeah. <laughs> say, so, yeah, "Here comes Stumpy Johnson and Lefty. He patted a shark <laughs> once, once." <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, I just did a little bit of research. So at seven meters, that's only three feet shy of the shark and jaws.
0: Wow. Yeah, and, you know, there's a ton on the fin, and I'll catch that bird for you and all of that. But no, he's the real deal. Wow, that's a big yeah. fish. And you will need a bigger boat. Now, is
2: it, a, um, is it a male or a female? Do you know?
0: Well, I don't know. I call him he, but, you know... Probably is a big, big girl who I I don't know I don't think anyone's you know gone up to look at its private parts. Um, <laughs> it's not tagged or anything because normally if it's tagged or it's a a resident you know they've got a nick in their tail or something they can you know the shark um, people they they recognise them. Mm-hmm. But this one he's just popped up in the Gulf and it's not an overly big Gulf and uh, yeah he put the wind up a lot of people so um <laughs> nah, good on him.
1: I think it's great. Yeah, that is good.
0: All right. All right. Here's another one for you. Um, This is a source from uh, Tim Webstein, which is from our good government. There was a cod release, Murray Cod, in South Australia, first time in history. Uh, There's supposed to be 120,000 fingerlings released into the lower Murray, which is in desperate need of all the help it can get. Um, They've done 40,000 so far. The others are coming. But I noticed they were talking, which is great news for absolutely everyone. I think I've been on about this two years before. I mean, the towns along the river are excited about it. Three, four years down the track, these fish that do survive will be catchable fish. And people travel all around Australia to catch this fish, the iconic Murray cod. But um, I did have a giggle when he said that they've been tattooed. And I thought, (laughs) well, hello. And it must be some time. Don't ask me how they've done it. I don't know if they all roll up down the local tattoo parlor. And <laughs> I think it
1: requires first of all they get shore leave, right? Yep. And then yep. they get they drink some whiskey, yeah. and then they roll on down to the tattoo parlor.
0: That's exactly And they get yeah. mum and dad and the oh. whole.
1: They all say shammos right on the side of them.
0: Yeah, That's what I say. Oh, and shammos lures get into it across my chest. No, they say. Um, <laughs> It's a, I think it's obviously a digital tattoo for these things. So we've got these tattooed cod, and I thought, how tough's that? It's bad. then later in the week, we find out that we've got a pest species, as you probably do, European carp. Mm. They are maligned and hated. Simple as that. And they're going to infect them with herpes. Oh my gosh. (laughs) A fish fish herpes. I shit you not. A fish herpes. All right, and I thought, well, there goes the neighbourhood. Uh-huh. Cod cruising around all tattered up and tough. You've got the carp cruising around with herpes. I mean, all we need now is the yellow belly to start prostituting themselves, and we've got the trifecta. So oh, I just, it's, it's crazy, but this is, this is, this is, this is the word. We're going to uh, genetically modify a fish type herpes type of virus. They've got about 18 months of testing to go. Um, there's a lot of people against it and to be honest their track record cane toads even redfin were brought in to control the yabbies that were eating the dam walls out all the time like burrowing into the dam walls and collapsing the dams they brought redfin in to control that of course they took over the world um so yeah the track record's probably not like and i think with any bio um you know, what am I trying to say? Uh, Biocontrol. Biocontrol, thank you, Dave. (laughs) That um, is always fraught with danger. Always. And the science has to be spot on, you know. It has to be spot on or public just won't let it happen. And I fear that the public will probably can this one.
1: So if if you're a carp with the herpes Mm. and you meet another carp and you're wanting to make new carp... You mm-hmm. say to your partner, hey, look, baby, like, everyone's got it. It's not yep. really a big deal.
0: They're a disgusting animal anyway, but to, <laughs> thought of a, to thought of a mud marlin smelly old carp with herpes to boot, oh, right. my God, what a come of the Murray River.
2: <laughs> your tourist association must be just proud as punch. Oh, <laughs> yeah. A, come down to our waters and see our herpes-infested fish.
0: It's got a ring to it, hasn't it? It does. Oh.
1: As long, I mean, as, you, as long as you say it with an accent, it works. No, that's
2: true. <laughs> that's Anything with the
0: accent. I've started a small little aquaponics business with a, a friend of mine, and we're growing out silver perch, bidianas, right. Um They are to be released back into the wild, and um, we're growing vegetables off of their waste so um, yeah, it's been good. That's been a great little experiment and um, it's actually starting to turn a dollar now so I squeeze that into my work day and um, feeding the fish is always fun and water changing and water testing and all the bits and pieces that goes with it and because I'm still studying so it's helping with that too and we've had interest about our fish because bigger fish are a bit hard to transport into state and that and if... The local people can get older fish locally, or there'll be a lot happier and a lot less fish deaths in travel. These are fish that are over six inches long. I'm talking about, so of they're ready to go as soon as they're as soon as they're released. You know what I mean they're fending for themselves and they're actually acting like a fish as opposed to a big mob of little fries swimming around just waiting to get gobbled up or something so that's all very exciting and um keeping me very busy to be honest.
1: So you have uh, Shamos lures. You're still making lures, yep. right? You're yep. a, are you still a carpenter?
0: Yes, yes.
1: And now you're a fish
0: daddy? Yep. I'm growing out my little babies, 500 of them.
1: What kind of fish are they again?
0: Silver perch. They're, a, well, they're not overly uh, colorful or anything, but they're a quite a large fish. They're um, omnivores, so they'll eat a bit of everything, which is good. They only have a small mouth, which is unusual for an Australian native including myself, <laughs> um, because they've got small mouths, grading's not such an issue. They don't eat each other. They, they can't really fit each other down their guts. There's not much damage they can do to each other, so that's good. Yeah. But we're going to peek more tanks in in the following couple of weeks, and we'll have cod, Murray cod as well, growing out, and these are all to be released back into the wild. So we're just sort of getting them through their younger years, and, um, and I thought, well, while we're doing it, we'll grow vegetables off of the uh, wastewater, well, it's not Perfect. even wasteful. It's all recirculated. The, the vegetables take all the nitrates and nitrites and ammonia and everything out of the water, and by the time they've had their drink and it gets back to the main tank, it's all cleaned up and ready for the fish to crap in it again and start the whole process again. So it's um yeah, from fish poo to you was our catchphrase, but doesn't take off that well. So we changed it. But they grow quite large. Ten pound is an unusual, and we've got big breeders down at the college where I study, and they actually, for the first time, spawned in captivity with no prostaglandin injections or any outside interference at all. We had a really hot week and then a couple of cold nights and the fluctuation of the temperature and everything. We come in and, what do you know, we've got like 75,000 baby silver perch swimming around. But by the time anyone conned on to what had happened... We saved what we could, but yeah, the rest is history, unfortunately. With fish breeding, especially Australian natives, it's, very, it's not getting them to do the deed and not hatching them out. And that. It's that next stage because um, freshwater rotifers and artemia are quite hard to get hold of in sufficient numbers. So they quite often starve, simply just starve because we can't feed them enough. Invent a way or work out a way to culture freshwater artemia and freshwater rotifer and sea monkeys and that sort of stuff.
1: Get the back of a comic book and the sea
0: monkey order form is right yeah, there. Yeah. Buy enough comics, I suppose, you'll feed a few. Yeah.
2: According to the website I'm looking at here, they eat freshwater shrimp. Yep. And for bait. And then it says the other, the second best bait to freshwater shrimp is scrub worms.
0: Ooh. Yes, and we are doing worms as well. We've got 4,000 worms growing at the moment. <laughs> Ours aren't scrub worms. Ours are tiger worms and European night crawlers. Wow. So, um, they are a great fish for fish farming. They're perfect, and they're reasonably priced, and they're ready, readily available. They travel well. They're hardy, not bad eating. They're not a bad sport fish. Um, got a bit going for them. So, um, yeah, we're keen to... um. And these will be our little local waters around just this Barossa district in South Australia. So we'll be releasing them into reservoirs and stuff like that so the public can fish for them. So generally apart from a, you know, a bit of um, income coming in from the lettuces and bits and pieces, we don't really get a great deal out of it except the satisfaction of knowing that one day the resis will be full of fish that I had something to do with breeding or was part of the stocking. And people will buy my lures to go and fish for these fish, and there and there's how it marries up. So we went from lures to this, and and we're managing to keep everything running at the moment, so it's good.
1: We got we got a phone call for you, Luke.
3: Cool. hit me. All right, it's Ryan Dubay. Here's my question for Luke. I've always been intrigued by the LV fishing reels you guys have in Australia. We have nothing like that here in the U.S. They look like they cast a mile, and they're just weird, but I can order one and get one here in the U.S., and I've thought about it for a couple years. I just want to know what his feelings are about them versus a regular spinning reel? Do they really cast that far and are they worthwhile? Well it's
0: very very old technology but proven technology. Now if that school of salmon or redfish or something these blokes are fishing for off the beach is a hundred and twenty yards out, not a hundred, everyone will be wanting an alvy because you will get to the school. They do cut cart- because you turn the face you can rotate the face of the spool to face out to sea, and then the line, because it's such a big face on the spool, they'd be six or seven inches across the the face of the spool. The The line peels off in big ringlets really fast, and if you've got a decent sinker on, you can cast a mile, literally. And um, there's another reel out there that's a hybrid, like an egg beater, cross with an albie, where the... the Spool doesn't rotate, just stays facing that way, and that was designed by um, Western Australian shark fishermen. Same thing, big cast way out over the breakers, into the back troughs, and that. And then it's got the strength, and the, you know, they're just a really big mechanical sort of lure. Very um, agricultural is probably the word. But um, yeah, now Albies are a proven brand, and they'd have to be getting close to they'd have to be close to 100 years old. though. seriously would be they've been around forever. And, um, yeah, I mean, by all means get one just to say you've got one. Go down to the beach with your sinker on with your mates and just outcast them by 30 yards every time. They'll soon sort of, you know, want one too. They're a little bit not as easy to use, I think, but they are about casting. That's what they're for, is to get out over the surf and, Get in amongst them schools of fish that line them big gutters and et cetera, et cetera. But no, nah, by all means, Ryan, buy Australian. Get one.
1: <laughs> they are a wild-looking uh, machines.
0: $300 for an Alvey and a big 12-foot rod is probably pretty good buying, actually. It's only $150 an item. Um, <laughs> yep. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> That's Australian dollars. You're like me, Clay. You're a tight ass and you go to the garage sales and you buy the $5 rod for the kids and I do oh, the yeah. same. All my red fin gear all comes from garage sales and oh, yeah. bits and pieces. You don't need, we laugh at quite a few of the comp fishermen when we go on these big cod comps because they've got thousands of dollars of shit hanging off their bait. <laughs> and we kidding. dawdle around with, you know, a few hundred dollar, reel and rod combo, and we catch bigger fish than them, and quite often more. So, well, um,
1: the fish don't know what you're holding.
0: Exactly right. yeah. You're not impressing anyone but other fishermen when it comes to that bizzo. Yeah. I mean, you know, when you're talking like, say, kingfish and 150 kilogram tuna barrels and stuff like well, you know, maybe there's a case for it then. Sure. But one of them sea martins, you could... Convert it to your rod, and uh, and I did, and um, they work fine, and there's nothing out there that will stop them. They are just a strong unit, and they're great. They do twist your line a little, though. That's one thing that's probably not in their favour, because they weave the line onto the... It's like a weave when the line gets fed back onto the spool. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's a strange thing, but um, but like I said, as far as casting... Unbeaten. You happy That's with that, Ryan? I hope so. Um, Ryan likes everything. <laughs> he does. <Yeah. laughs> Righto. Well, people, if you are keen on lures, don't be scared by the tyranny of distance. <laughs> Facebook page.
1: Like you just get an Alvy and cast all the way to Australia. <laughs> That's
0: it. I'll tie a lure on and you just reeling back. I can't yeah, get a dollar on and cast it back. back. That's not my fault. But no, get onto Facebook, Chamos Lures. Um, scroll through, have a look, have a comment, Um, personal message me if you want anything. We send stuff overseas reasonably regularly, and um, I'd love to send some lures over to uh, New Hampshire or wherever you're from. So, um, yeah, Chamo's Lures, get into it. Get on the Facebook and check me out. All wooden, all handmade from down under. Take it easy, man. Love talking news. So yeah, bye.. See ya.
2: Would you like a tote bag?
1: uh, only if it's uh, made out of canvas
2: <laughs> <laughs> and it's got that public radio vibe, that public radio feel.
1: still got that free bag smell.
2: We got to see one of our favorite people, Virginia Prescott. Ah, uh, I like her. I know. And, and you know, her name fits her really well to me. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> you know, hello, I'm Virginia Prescott. And she looks like somebody named Virginia Prescott.
1: Uh, yeah. You know, it's funny when you meet people with names, Dave. Mm-hmm. Uh You can't imagine different names with them. It doesn't matter who they are. Right. Like, it's just, you look like a Dave Kellum. Well. <laughs> just the way it is. I can't tell you why.
2: <laughs> yeah. No, no, that's true. And so, yeah, Virginia is definitely Virginia. And, uh. It's, it's, it's always great to talk with her, and um, she interviewed us on, well, here it is, on some ice fishing stuff. Word of mouth!
6: This is Word of Mouth from NHPR in Virginia Prescott. Between the paltry snow cover and spring-like temperatures, suffice it to say this has been a very strange New Hampshire winter, and the unseasonably warm temperature has put a dent in many winter activities. Among the hardest hit, ice fishing. So what is someone to do if they just want to hook, line, and sinker this winter? Well, here with some answers are Dave Callum and Clay Groves. They are hosts of the Fish Nerds podcast. Hello, Dave and Clay. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Great to have you back with us. So has there been much ice fishing this winter? Uh,
2: yeah, there has. The, the trick is being safe and being smart about getting out on the ice because ice forms in different ways in different places.
6: Has there been ice in officially declared in New Hampshire or anywhere this year? So ice
1: in, uh, in Winnipesaukee I don't think um, has, been, has been declared. Winnipesaukee has been a very tough lake this year to fish, but there's tons of small ponds that have been we, we call relatively safe. You know, safe is a term we don't use on the ice. <laughs> it, it's, it's all relative to where you're fishing right now. So each angler is responsible for their own safety. But uh, there are people fishing Winnipesaukee today. I drove by this morning what? and saw people on the ice. So,
6: I have to drive past Turkey Pond when, oh, I, yeah. when I come and go to work, and I noticed that it was looking absolutely sloshy there yesterday. So how do people determine? I mean, obviously you can see, but is there any official declaration?
2: Uh, there are some tips and tricks that anglers do, and early ice anglers will uh, often have spikes that are these six-inch long things with handles that they put around their neck. So when they fall in, they have something to grip and pull themselves out with.
1: Right, but those aren't very good for determining ice thickness. No. What you really, <laughs> what you, what you really want to do is, is, I mean, what I generally do is let someone else go out first with a bigger <laughs> truck or a snowmobile than me. But what you really want to do is, is you want to check as you go. So the recommendation is you get a big spud or a big, a big pole with a heavy chisel on the end of it. And you take a few steps out, and you try to chisel to the ice. If it goes through really easy, get off the ice. Mm -hmm. Uh, But really, over four inches, four to six inches is pretty comfortable to be on. Uh, And beyond that, it just gets better and better.
6: So as far as ice fishing is concerned, is this an unusual winter? Yes. Yeah.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Usually, I can start ice fishing in the end of November, beginning of December, and can fish till April. This year, I didn't get on until almost January, which is way crazy. And there are spots uh, that we fished for years that we can't touch this year because of the warm weather.
6: what happens to the fishes and aquatic life cycle when there is no ice cover? I mean, is it kind of... Business as usual or is ice part of it
2: all? <laughs> well they 've been dealing with fluctuating situations for eons as long as they 've been around, but typically ice will seal in all the oxygen in a, in a pond or in a lake. so when there is ice, for the most part there 's not going to be any more oxygen so there are, the clock is ticking for the spring to open up the water and get oxygen back in the system. now, if sunlight can get through the ice, the weeds will still produce oxygen, but as soon as you get snow, it really diminishes so From a fish's point of view, it's probably not the worst thing in the world to have some open water on a lake because it it aerates it and they don't suffocate. On really bad winters like last year, although I'm not sure I heard about this in specifically New Hampshire, but certainly out in the Midwest, um, whole lakes will will have a die-off, a winter kill is what it's called. Mm -hmm. And the fish just suffocate. So when the ice melts, there's just piles of fish laying around that is suffocated.
6: That's part of the natural cycle? Yeah,
2: yes. it is. Because they, they will respond, they will rebound. And not every fish dies. So, you know, 90% may die, but those 10% will repopulate. But yeah, it is it is part of the natural cycle.
6: Which fish are people actually catching when they're ice fishing?
2: There are several different kinds. There's two big families, I guess you would say, in New Hampshire. Cold water species, warm water species. Cold water are typically more like the native uh, brook trout would be one. So a lot of trout anglers like to fish. They like to fish in shallow water up near sandy areas. And
6: isn't it moving? Doesn't it have to be moving for trout?
2: Uh, no, no. And in lakes, in lakes, not at all. Or ponds, pretty much. You stock a trout somewhere; it'll it'll be happy to live there.
1: Well, the fun thing about trout fishing is the reason of fishing shallow is trout will chase small fish into the shallow water and use the ice to trap the fish. It kind of crowds them in, and then they gobble them up. And so trout anglers typically will fish in one to two feet of water, which. If you're looking for a relatively safe way to fish, maybe you want to fish really shallow. If you fall through, you just walk out. Yeah, you just walk <laughs> out exactly. Clever trap, clever
6: yeah. fisherman. <laughs> yeah. In that case, um, okay. So uh, that's a question. Is there a gender-neutral term for fishermen? <laughs> uh, Angler. Yeah. <laughs> Good job, guys. Yeah. yeah.
1: Although I know, I know, um, I know women who could refer to themselves as fishermen.
6: Yeah, I've, I've heard, you know, Linda Greenlaw calls herself a lobsterman. Yeah, see? Right? exactly. This is just how it goes. All right. I've always wondered about what happens to bob houses after these quick shifts. Because, you know, you'll see them there over the weekend, and then it's the ice is gone. What, what happened? Are there a bunch of bob houses, remains sinking in the bottom of, of ponds? There and
1: are, lakes? and I'm sure there's some we'll never know about until uh, <laughs> some diver <laughs> finds them. But what happens with a bob house, especially if you you know, on, this year has been a really good example uh, a shanty gets put out, and it's doing fine, and then the water warms up, we get some snow and slush, and what happens is really slowly the the ice swallows the shanty because heat generates out from the shanty, not from the heaters in it, but the sun balancing oh, right, off of it uh-huh. and that sort of thing, and so they can get swallowed by the lake. And this year, with the crazy fluctuation in temperatures, it's going to happen a lot. Uh, Alton Bay the other day, several shanties uh, met their match there, and I'm sure there's a lot of pieces of shanties at the bottom, because you have to go out with a chainsaw and a bunch of tools and ropes and just drag pieces of those things off the, off the ice once they go down.
6: is anybody responsible for that? I mean, are you supposed to take care of your own
1: bobhouse? yeah, typically anglers take care of their own stuff a lot of a lot of people who own hard side shanties that's what they call them hard sides, will have to go out every day and they do what's called blocking them up, which is they they jack them up and they put blocks of wood under to keep the skis off of the ice so as the ice starts swallowing the shanty. It doesn't swallow the skis. It just swallows the blocks of wood. So it's kept a, you know, a few inches above the ice oh. all the time. It's a lot of work um, having a hard side shanty. Yeah, that's, that's why I don't have one. I am lazy and don't want to do it. <laughs> Some hard living. Yeah. The
2: other thing in New Hampshire is it's a law that you have to put your name and address on your shanty. So in real big letters, it's got to be out there. So if it's sinking, somebody can walk by and call you and go, hey, dude.
1: You know, that's the only building (laughs) regulation.
6: (laughs) Put your name on it, kid. (laughs) So you can say, "Hey, dude, come watch it soon." Yes, exactly. Well, okay. So you know, ice fishing is a very social activity. Mm -hmm. However, you know, it's a time for solitude are people feeling at a loss when when we have a winner like this? <laughs>
2: One of the uh, saddest places on the internet is iShanty dot com.
6: Oh yeah.
2: <laughs> You go on there and there's threads like, Oh, I fell in today, oh. my shanty's gone. I'm I'm dying. Yeah,
1: I bought a new <laughs> snowmobile this year and can't use it. That's my thread. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's crazy.
6: Yeah. I have to actually talk to my family. Yeah, yeah, stuff like that. <laughs> I know you guys are family guys. Thank you guys so much for coming in.
1: Uh, one more question for you. Yes. So last year we came on. Oh no. And we asked you if you ever been ice fishing, and you said no. Uh, and have you been out since?
6: Um. Yeah, I've been out.
1: Yeah, have <laughs> not
2: fishing.
6: <Besides. laughs>
2: So what Clay's getting at is that there you is... You know what?
6: This was going to be the year oh, for so, me. Yeah. But... but your but spot has you know... gone? <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, we can find ice. Yeah. We can definitely get you out there. And here's another open invitation that we will take you ice fishing.
6: Okay. I've, and... I've, I've, I... Thank you so much, guys. Yeah. I've You're welcome. have been really waiting for that. <laughs> <laughs> the Fish Nerds, Dave Kellum and Clay Gross, uh, thank you so much again. Thank you. you. Dave Kellum and Clay Groves are hosts of the Fish Nerds podcast. You'll find a link to listen to it for yourself on our website, wordofmouthradio.org.
2: How much fun is it to be in the studio?
1: Oh, my gosh.
6: (laughs) Uh, So we've we've
1: done Boston Public Radio and New Hampshire Public Public Radio, and I like both of them. But the studios that NHPR has are amazing.
2: They're just great.
1: So cool. (laughs) You feel big time. You know <laughs> you do
2: yeah. and and the people there, like you said, wGBH is great too, um, and maybe has a bigger sort of corporate vibe, maybe. Uh, maybe, but uh all the people i know there's there must be bad days, but they all seem really happy to be there in NHpr
1: i well, why wouldn't you be? I know it's, it's a cool gig, but it's really fun is to like hang out and you see you, all these people you hear on the air all the time. They're not that different than us. (laughs) They're just a bunch of nerds who found a way to make money being nerdy.
2: Well, my favorite, uh, I mean, there's lots of them there, but Josh Rogers.
1: Uh, He's a political correspondent, right?
2: Right. And he's the guy with the low voice.
1: Yeah, kind of grumpy. And
2: I'm Josh Rogers. And uh, super nice guy. He totally mentored us when we were there months ago trying to do audio pieces. Um, Super nice guy. And... Just like you said, you know, he's he's so put together. He's so smart with the political stuff. And he kept interrupting us uh, while we were we were talking with the producer because he'd lost his keys. Yep. <laughs> he's like, yeah, I'm sorry. Could I, know, I borrow your keys?
1: Yeah. I don't know how to get back in the building.
2: I, I can't get it. Could I borrow your card?
1: <laughs> I, I, I got to be on the radio now. <laughs>
2: so uh, so anyway, it's nice to know that you know there's, there's, there's people that they have real real stuff going on, so
1: yeah, and, and we'll cycle back. Virginia Prescott did say that she would likely go fishing with us, and uh, I'll keep putting pressure on her.
2: yeah, because yeah. yeah, we could totally go fishing.
1: yeah, it'd be great fun.
2: yeah.: The doctor is in.
1: Whoa, who? Dr. Erica
2: Martin. <laughs> been a long time, Dave. It has been a long time. At least two or three hair colors.
1: Yeah, we, you know, it's funny. I was thinking about this just this week. This winter, we've been so busy with all the weird different shows we've been doing, special editions, uh, that we've been not cycling back to our correspondence. So we're going to make it a point in these upcoming shows to not only do more with Doc Martin and Luke, but also to find our friends, um, the amazing... Uh, I want to have the amazing Randy, uh, the amazing James and Fish Guy Josh, and get those guys on the show more often and really kind of use our people more.
2: Yes, we're all about not, using not, people.
1: Not to mention uh, <laughs> Hugo. Don't worry right. about Hugo. Poor Hugo. Right. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah, no, absolutely. It's, it's, this is bigger than both of us now,
1: Clay. You know that. Uh, which is good because our time is limited, you know. <laughs>
2: and there's a lot better people than me out there. Yeah. <laughs> That's for sure. I keep, I keep telling my daughter that I'm happy because she turned out much better than me.
1: Uh, I'm happy about that, too. <laughs> nice, nice nice parenting, Dave. And she voted for the first time this year, she right?
2: She did, but we, we got That's a little, crazy cool. little selfie of her voting. And, uh, yeah, it was very, very exciting. So, um, oh,
1: I do have voting advice for daughters. Oh, yeah? So the other night when I was at that meeting we talked about, uh, there was a woman in the meeting with us. Uh, and I don't know where she was from. She had a nice accent. And she was a, a nice looking person. Mm-hmm. But she has just come from voting and she was given two I voted stickers. And, <laughs> and she takes off her jacket and then she's wearing like a blouse and she puts one directly on top of each of her nipples. Um, I didn't even know what to say. Like she's wearing a blouse and she's not doing it to be a, like crazy or anything. She just put it one into one, just right on her chest but dead center on each of her boobs. Right. And I'm having a professional meeting. (laughs) And I can't even look across the table at her because I don't know what I'm supposed to do. Like, I would think, I'm not a woman. I don't know how, what they think or understand any of it. But to me, does that feel okay to you? Or do you like, like, what would you do?
2: Well, she wanted, obviously she wanted maximum visibility that she voted You went know, uh, wanted-
1: no question she voted. <laughs> Maybe twice. Yeah. She was doubling down. <laughs> doubling down. Yeah. Yeah, we,
2: we should we should change the subject.
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh, luckily no one's listening. Yes. Hmm, <laughs> yeah. Good. Yeah. Uh,
2: so anyway, really are we gonna yeah, introduce
1: tell, tell your daughter not to do that.
2: I, I will. Are we really gonna introduce Doc Martin after that?
1: Yes. Yeah, okay. Wait, speaking of doubling down, we have Doc Martin Fresh. Uh, she's a college professor in – where is she from these days? Kansas.
2: Kansas. She's, she's still in Kansas. Uh, I think she's – no, she's in you – uh, No, Emporia, Kansas.
1: Yes. And she's a college professor now, fisheries person, and uh, she's our doc still.
2: Doctor is in. Dr. Erica Martin on
5: the line.
2: Doc, how are hey. you?
5: I'm doing fabulous. How are you? <laughs> I'm
2: doing good. Doing good. <laughs> now, I hear you're doing a fan request this time.
5: I am doing a fan request. Mm, yes.
2: What 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 fish do you got cooking?
5: Um, so this one is the sheep's head fish. Sheep's head fish. Hmm. hmm. The Sargus probatocephalus, which is a mouthful. <laughs>
2: it is. It is. Okay. What, uh, is there any other thing that's sort of similar to that based on that name?
5: Well, I'm so glad that you asked. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a few other fish just in appearance are similar to the sheep's head, and that would include um, the black drum, Atlantic and Atlantic spade fish. Um, but there's some nuances into how you can tell those uh, two species apart from this sheep's head. Also, uh, there's a few other sheep's head um, that are also there. Well, a few other fish also called sheep's head as a common. Name that are in different families, they have big protrusions on their heads. Um, some most of them are marine, but the freshwater drum has also been called sheep's head in slang. So, um, I believe actually, when the fan requested this, they used sheep's head, and I asked them specifically to clarify for that exact reason. (laughs) But they said this is the one that they wanted. They found the species name for me, so.
2: <laughs> oh, very good. Now you and I both have um, at different decades history in Indiana. A- yes. And the, uh, the the wonderful watershed there, although it's it's full of silt and everything else. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> sheep's head make me smile because I would catch sheep's head. I would catch you know freshwater drum all the time in rivers down there. Did you run into them too?
5: Oh yeah. But that's the wrong sheep's head. Dun dun dun. Uh, yeah. um, but yes, and they're really cool. So they make little croaking noises and stuff. Um, but the marine sheep's head. So that's the uh, the sheep's head in Indiana would be a grunnians. Oh
2: well, yeah, okay.
5: <laughs> of course, because <laughs> the grunnians, they go they grunt they get uh, 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 the croaking sound right. Oh, okay. That's the scientific uh, recording of the croaking sound. Oh, very, by nice. The way. very nice. Very <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, and, uh, but this sheep's head is the marine, um, brackishy water, more kind of reef associated that is on the coasts, um, in the Atlantic in North America, and then all the way down to South America there in the Gulf and stuff. Okay. And this is the fish that some people would recognize it by the human like teeth that it has.
2: Oh, it's that one.
5: It's that one. <laughs> yes.
2: Yeah, we see that showing up in fish in the news a, f- a fair amount of time, where, where mm-hmm. people say, "Oh my
5: God, it's got human teeth!" Yeah, people freak out about it.
2: Right, right. Well, but, uh, oh, go ahead. Well, no, I was just thinking, why why does it have those teeth?
5: What a wonderful question. <laughs> That's exactly where I was going. Um, so, the the sheep he- sheep's head um, as adults eat things that are hard and crunchy. So, like, um, a shellfish and mussels and things like that, where they're super yummy on the inside, but not so super yummy on the outside. They've got those hard outer shells, right?
2: Oh, it's, it's like a Tootsie Pop.
5: It's like a Tootsie Pop. <laughs> right. But yeah. since the sheep's head can't lick to the center, it has to crush its way through. <laughs> I get it.
2: I get it. Okay, good. I'm with you.
5: So, uh, yeah, it's got... Like incisors in the front, and then molars in sets of three rows in the upper jaw and two rows in the lower jaw. I mean, you should, if you haven't fans out there, you should Google image the sheep's head people teeth. If you just put that into <laughs> Google, it'll come right up, and it's it's intimidating. I mean, it's re, It looks like you know someone put people teeth and then gave them extra molars, oh and my. they crunch those uh, shells. It's pretty
2: cool oh my god all right so i did that (laughs) and i'm freaked out now
5: right it's wow it's like people teeth
2: that is and but but you're right it's like triple rows and Mm -hmm. all sorts of craziness wow that's really yucky (laughs) okay
5: (laughs) but yeah so they eat all sorts of good stuff the the starfish and barnacles and clams and crabs and oysters and all, all that stuff
2: yeah this has to be a dentist's nightmare I mean, you just there. There must be like hundred teeth in there.
5: Ooh, I don't. Ooh, I don't know how many the teeth they have. I just know how many rows they have. How I've many do humans that. have?
2: Do you know? <laughs> Let me see. I, I know how
5: many chromosomes humans have. Is that helpful? Yeah. I,
2: no. No, it's not helpful. <laughs> I, 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 I'm derailing us. Um, what What else do you got about uh, about sheep's head?
5: Well, one of the cool things um, about their teeth again, because that's kind of the. The thing people look at, mm-hmm. um, they begin to appear, the teeth begin to appear when the sheep's head is just like four and a half millimeters long. So that's really teeny, teeny, tiny, right? Wow. Um, but it'll have to wait until it's about three times that length before all the incisors and it begins to develop molars. Mm. Um, but interestingly, so we all know that there's lots of heterogeneity in the water, which means that habitats are different. Okay. So based on the type of prey that the sheep's head grows up with, so if there's softer prey or harder prey or whatever, um, the, each individual sheep's head will actually adapt. So if a sheep's head grows up in an area that has harder prey than another area, that sheep's heads jaw muscle jaw and teeth are will be stronger than other sheep's heads. Wow!
2: So like if they grow up in like uh, Twinkie Bay where there's nothing to eat but Twinkies, mm-hmm. they they really wouldn't get much teeth at all.
5: I mean they still have them, but they wouldn't be as strong and their jaw muscles would be weak. Wow! So if they if Twinkie Bay all of a sudden disappeared and Oyster Bay appeared, they would be uh, not in such a great position. They would be out of luck. <laughs>
2: They would. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Wow. Geez. So, uh, really adaptive quickly within just you know the, the age. Wow. Okay.
5: Yeah. So pretty cool.
2: Yeah.
5: Um. So interestingly, there's a, a relative to the sheep's head, and I, I normally try and focus on one species, but this was too good to pass up. <laughs> so the relative is the uh, s- s- uh, scientific name Sarpa salpa. It's the Salema porgy. Oh, okay. Um, so the sheep's head is a delicious fish, by the way. Um, you can angle for it. It's great catch. Steals your bait. But its a little cousin, the Salema porgy, um, can cause ichthyosarcotoxism, what? which is basically fish poison. And apparently, it causes like vivid hallucinations and nightmares for days after ingestion.
2: Oh, we heard some about this somewhere.
5: <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, very good. All right, so, what, what was the name of the first part of Por- Porgy?
5: Uh, Salima, S-A-L-E-M-A.
2: Salima, oh, there he is.
5: Hmm. So don't eat that one, though. <laughs> All
2: right, unless... But if you do,
5: just cancel your plans for the week. <laughs> <laughs> right.
2: Dude, pass me another Salima.
5: Yeah, but there was uh, one... I forget, I think it was a fisherman caught one and ate it, didn't know what it was, and thought he was genuinely losing his mind, and he was so embarrassed, he just locked himself in his house for three days until it went away. (laughs) What? Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. It's not, it's not something to mess with.
2: (laughs) Wow. I did not know there were hallucinogenic fish out there. That's Mm -hmm. pretty amazing. Okay.
5: (laughs) Um, but the sheep's head, why, why is it called a sheep's head? That
2: is an excellent question, Doc. Why is it called a sheep's head?
5: So no one really knows. The scientists that discovered it way back, um, I guess, decided that it was. Maybe it looks, or maybe the teeth look like sheep's teeth, mm-hmm. maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, um, or maybe another suggestion was that the name relates to their silhouette somehow being sheep-like.
2: Not any but sheep I've seen. Uh,
5: that, that's what I think. But the species, but the actual species name, the probatocephalus, so literally translates probato, sheep, cephalus, head.
2: Oh, wow. That's so, not very inventive. Yeah.
5: Yeah. I mean, that's what they named it for. I guess this guy, maybe he really likes sheep. I yeah. Don't know. I don't know.
2: I don't know either. No, sheep always freak me out. I don't know how, they, how you deal with sheep or goats, but it, it's the eyes.
5: Oh, because they have really cool uh, irises.
2: Yeah, they're like square pupils, right?
5: mm mm-hmm. um, Yeah, I, I'm, I'm not sure which shape, but they are different. Yeah,
2: I don't like them. <laughs> <laughs> they, they stare at you. Yeah, they freak me
5: out. But,
2: <laughs> um, all right, so sheep's head are good to eat. Now, Clay, I think, was catching juvenile black drum. And do those look like sheep head? They do. Yeah, because he was confused. He's always confused,
5: but... So, it, a really good key characteristic to tell the sheep's head from the black drum is a black drum will have barbels on the lower jaw. Oh,
2: well, that's a great tip.
5: Yeah, barbels, the, you know, the little mustache.
2: <laughs> yeah, the mustache, right. <laughs> yeah, okay. So, mustache is the drum, mm-hmm. and then not that sheep's head. Whoosh. Now, what What about the spadefish?
5: So the spade fish um, will have a much, sh- sh- bleh, a much shorter snout and a much rounder body, and the dorsal fin, the soft dorsal fin, yeah. um, will be a much larger than the sheep's head.
2: Okay, it sounds like if you had them side by side, it'd be pretty easy.
5: In theory, yes. <laughs>
2: <laughs> right.
5: Yeah. Um, also, the sheep's head—it's also called the convict fish, which. Of course, there's lots and lots of fish that go by that also, right. um, but it's called convict because it has dark vertical bars, and so the black drum and the Atlantic spade fish they will have those when they're littler, but they tend to fade a lot more with age than the sheep's head do.
2: Oh, okay, yeah, we we called those hamburglers in our uh, you know, <laughs> no, we didn't, but uh, <laughs> I don't think I don't think convict is is um, I don't think you can say that. I don't think that's that's politically correct anymore. Previously oh. incarcerated, I think, is what you'd <laughs> want to say.
5: What about the cichlids?
2: The cichlids? The convict cichlids. Once again, no. You no. I, I think you're being insensitive.
5: Okay. So previously <laughs> incarcerated.
2: Yeah. I guess not even previously. Cause if No, no. Yeah. A convict would, is... No, I guess you can, right? can... Can you currently be a convict in a prison?
5: Yeah. Well... I don't know. I don't I've know never, I've never been to prison. <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> we'll work on that. You know, you, you need to uh, broaden your horizons. So.
5: Okay. okay. Hmm.
2: Well, and Fish Nerds would take off if one of our correspondents got into prison. So I'm just saying. It'd be a good... So for
5: the, for the good of the group here?
2: Exactly. It'd be a really good news, news
5: We can have our, our fans decide what law I should break to get into prison. <laughs> I
2: think that is an excellent idea. Well done. Now you're getting on board with this. Yes. Uh-huh. Very good. And my
5: parents will be proud too So oh. it's, a, it's really a win-win Oh it is,
2: absolutely Well Doc Martin, you've done it again Hey, thanks <laughs> you've, you've, <laughs> you've given us not only really just I know you try to stay to one species But you can't, you know, you just can't
5: They're all so good
2: Yeah, They are so good, you're a true nerd at heart So <laughs> we really, uh, we appreciate it And it's been too long too
5: it has. I know this uh, new job has me crazy busy.
2: Oh, I know we all we all have these lives, but I'm so glad we're staying connected, and uh, we'll catch you soon.
5: All right, look forward to it.
2: That is it. it you listen to a couple of fish nerds when you should have been fishing.
1: We'd like to thank our families for supporting us while we podcast, go on Fishing quests, and do all sorts of silly things that middle-aged guys do. If you would like to support the fish nerds, and you should, by the way, if you enjoyed this, give us some money. Go to patreon.com slash Nerds and give us a dollar an episode, four bucks a month.
2: <laughs> and we've got a lot of people to thank. First of all, Jim and Marjorie from WGBH. Thanks for having us on the show. Chelsea, the producer, thanks for getting us there and getting us on the show and and giving us mugs, actually. We got mugs. Awesome. Uh, Also at NHPR, thanks to Virginia Prescott uh, for a great interview. Um, And Megan. Good job. Thank you so much for being a great producer on that. Uh, Luke. Luke. G'day. Luke Jammings. Thank you so much, Luke. And thanks, Doc, Dr. Erica Martin. I love her.
1: And until next time, follow the code of the fish nerds, spawn early and often. Avoid free lunches with strings attached. And swim against the current every chance you get.